happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Hope everyone was able to watch the draft. It was it was great, or at least the first round, see who your teams are picking. I'm going to talk about some of the points from the draft. Team I thought won the draft, the thought I team kind of lost the draft, the team I thought had the most interesting draft, and a couple of other points that were taken away from NFL Draft Weekend. And then I'm going to get into the NBA uh, first round is done. Second round is now underway. A uh, couple of big second round matchups, second round games tonight. I get into all that right uh, right now. But let's get started first with the NFL draft. And to me, there was clearly a team that won the draft. Uh, and this is a team I thought won the draft last year as well. And that's none other than the Georgia Bulldogs. That's none other than the Philadelphia Eagles, who drafted a lot of Georgia Bulldog players out of the Georgia Bulldog player. I thought they had a great draft. Uh, somehow, number nine, they were able to trade up one spot uh, to select Jalen Carter. Uh, the ninth pick that he was there. So now, Georgia player, you pair him up with a uh, Georgia player he's played with a couple years ago in Jordan Davis. You have those two. At the heart of your defensive line, uh, two young, athletic, very skilled guys uh, right there. That, to me, was a tremendous pickup. Then you pick up Nolan Smith, edge rusher. I think that's another great find considering, as I talked about last week, uh, both lines were looking old, offensive and defensive line. Uh, defensive line, Fletcher Koch, Brandon Graham. So they infused uh, some... Uh, youth into there, uh, getting those two players right away uh, were great. And then they also selected Keely Ringo out of Georgia. Now, they don't need a corner like Keely Ringo to produce right away because they have Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Uh, Keely Ringo is not the best corner out of the draft, but if uh, he can learn a couple things behind those two guys, I think he does have the potential, the traits, to turn into a star. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles had a good draft. And then they also had a need at running back, and they went out and traded for DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. And they were able to get him for fourth-round pick and like a six. So I thought that was good as well, not spending draft capital on a, or not trading, or I should say not selecting a running back, but rather Trading for an established one, yes, he has injury histories, but I think he can fit well with this Philly scheme. So, again, I think Philly headed out of the park. Tremendous draft for them. I think they are the clear winners. Like, if you had to say a clear favorite, it's definitely the Eagles. Uh, I also thought another team that had a good draft was the Seahawks. I didn't want to give them the same grade. I thought they started off well, got Devon Witherspoon from Illinois, uh, who I think will – be very well for them outside of Tariq Woolen. They also got the best wide receiver in the draft, somehow fell to number 20, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State slot wide receiver, who fits very well on this team. Right now they'll have a three, uh, three nice wide receivers with him, Lockett, and DK Metcalf. But keep in mind, Tyler Lockett is getting older up in age, uh, so Jackson Smith and Jigba can take over that slot wide receiver role and poise them, their youth for the future. So I think their first round was really good. But the one thing I didn't get was them selecting two running backs uh, in the draft, considering they got Kenneth Walker 
last year who was excellent for them. I mean, and I thought going into this year, having more of a snap starting off the season, he was going to be a really, really solid player. But like I said, they selected two uh, running backs. I didn't like uh, those picks. They're both good running backs, but selecting Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. And then later, uh, one of their last picks was on McIntosh out of Georgia, their running back. Uh, I would have got the McIntosh one, but I think Zach Charbonnet uh, can be a decent running back in this league. And I don't know why the Seahawks did it. I don't know if they consented with uh, Kenneth Walker before then. But, you know, we just saw Brees Hall of the Jets, you know, didn't want them to sign Ezekiel Elliott, saying, you know, we're good here when it comes to running backs. They've got him, Michael Carter. Uh, so I thought the Seahawks drafting a couple running backs when they got a good one, that was it was interesting to spend some of their latter picks on those two running backs. Uh, but other than that, I thought they had a fantastic first round. One team I thought had kind of lost the draft uh, was the Patriots, uh, mainly because, you know, they selected a punter and a kicker, a kicker in the fourth round. I don't think it was the best kicker in the draft. And then a punter in the sixth round when he probably would have been there. Uh, seventh round, uh, their first pick was Christian Gonzalez. I was surprised he slept that far, but I thought there was more needs uh, for their offensive linemen or weapons. Uh, they didn't select a wide receiver till the sixth round. Uh, they selected two, Kayshawn View out of LSU and Demario Douglas. Uh, and then they only got uh, a couple offensive linemen, a center, Jake Andrews, and a couple guards in later rounds. So they're going to need some development. Those aren't going to be players that come in right away outside of Christian Gonzalez for impact help. Uh, so, again, thought it was interesting, their draft strategy. If I had to peg a loser, it'd probably be them. I know people were talking about the Niners, but can't peg them losers when some of their draft picks went to Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, that one was tough for me uh, to do there. But I thought the they were the most the loser, interesting slash losers. But to me, who had the most interesting – uh, was the Detroit Lions, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Detroit Lions fan, but I was shocked by their first-round pick. I was very interested. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, considering they could have got Bijan with this Bijan Robinson with the sixth pick, they draft running back Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama with the twelfth pick. Now everybody's heaping praise on this pick, you know, Kirk Herbstreit, other ESPN analysis analysts, but again, I just thought that Jameer Gibbs was interest, interesting considering. He probably would have been there later, but they honed in on their guy. That's what uh, Brad Holmes said. This would they would have felt comfortable drafting him at number six. So that was interesting. If that's their guy, if he turns out to be a Camaro 2.0, well, well, good for them. And their other first round pick was off ball uh, linebacker Jack Campbell from Iowa. And again, I thought this was an interesting one considering you know the off ball linebacker, the, the middle linebacker isn't a high position priority with a lot of NFL schemes, unless you have the Fred Warner type players. So if he turns out to be Fred Warner or Luke Keekley, then good for him. But I thought this was their most interesting pick, definitely a reach considering you could have drafted a Jackson Smith and Jig, but anybody else, you know, at this point, Dalton Kincaid at this one. Uh, but they didn't. And then I thought the second round, third round, we did much better. We got their tight end, Sam Laporta. We'll see how he uh, pulls out tight end from Iowa. 
Uh, they've had some good and bad ones come from there. I, I had TJ Hawkinson, but George Kittle would be nice. Uh, I think I got the best safety in the draft in the second round, Brian Brandt falling that far. I got Hendon Hooker in the third round, uh, quarterback I really loved watching in college football. So it was definitely a mixed bag. They had interesting picks. And going back to the Jameer Gibson Campbell in the first round, it's, I mentioned Brad Holmes being ecstatic that they got these guys, but are we trying to be, are they really that smart? Because I do want to believe in this group. Uh, but sometimes I think it's best to just get, you know, a great prospect uh, right away. Uh, but we'll see. Again, day two was great for them. Uh, but we'll figure it out. Uh, and then next with the draft uh, was the Panthers and Texans. Uh Drafting, you know, they had the first two uh, overall picks. The Panthers selected uh, Bryce Young. A consensus thought he would go everywhere. Uh, number one, they got him. Congratulations. Uh, got that right. And somehow, I also got the Texans. Uh, One's right to different order. Uh, I did say they'd select both C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson one via trade. Uh, I can't believe I, I actually hit that one right. But, you know, they needed a quarterback, and I think Will Anderson, best defensive player in the draft. Uh, but this is what I'll advise for the Texans because they did trade out, trade out from their next year's draft when there's going to be Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison's. As they have to be good. Uh, they do. Uh, they're going to have to, this is going to have to pan out for them, or else it's going to look like a disaster. Uh, you know, I hope it uh, works out for them. Uh, I like Will Anderson a lot, but again, that draft, uh, trading away that number one pick next year, it's going to be it's going to be a lot on them to get six wins. You can't be a bottom five, bottom six team next year uh, and have one of those best players and not be able to select them and give that pick to the Cardinals. So, uh, that's what they're going to have to do, uh, is when, and I don't know if, again, C.J. Stroud, I don't know if C.J. Stroud's that guy. I mean, I watched him, a lot of big games, a lot of big games outside of a Georgia one. We'll see, but I don't know. I don't think it'll work out, uh, but I hope the best because I'm a big Will Anderson fan. Then next up, Another nugget from the draft was regarding the Arizona Cardinals. That's when uh, the Arizona Cardinals made their first draft pick of the night. And it was on Paris Johnson, offensive tackle. Didn't think he was the best offensive tackle. Very good in the run game. But again, didn't think uh, he was nowhere near the cream of the crop. At the top of this uh, class for offensive linemen, but the Cardinals traded down in the draft to begin with. Then they traded back up with the Lions to select Paris Johnson. And when Paris Johnson kind of gave a speech, uh, you know, or his interview after he got drafted, you know, he just said Kyler texted him, and Kyler really pulled for the organization to draft Paris Johnson. And that's uh, was sent off, you know, Something kind of 
in my brain that Kyler has too much organization organizational pull for being for being mediocre. He has made too much money uh, for being mediocre, and now he's making decisions again for being mediocre. Uh, and I know if you've been listening to my podcast for a while now, you know I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan. I like Lamar, but I am not the biggest Lamar fan. Well, Kyler to me is a downgrade of Lamar. Now, Kyler, I think, can throw a better deep ball, more accurate a deep ball. But outside of that, uh, I think Lamar's got him in, in the rest when it comes to uh, the sh- short throws, which, you know, a lot of quarterbacks can make the escapability, the impromptu. Uh, give me give me Lamar over that. So, again, this is worrying because they wanted him uh, to help with the coach and now with draft strategy. And to me, Kyler Murray, he's not that guy. Uh, he's not, to me, uh, he's paid like a top three quarterback in the NFL. But if you have to ask me right now, is he a top three quarterback in the NFL right now? Uh, no. You know, he's a top maybe three quarterback in his conference. Uh, now, that's not saying a lot. I probably would say no to that. But in the NFL, no. There's like ten quarterbacks in the AFC. Uh better than Kyler Murray. So he's not a top three quarterback in the NFL. He's not a top ten in the NFL. Uh, and again, you know, he, he fades off in the seasons. Uh, he tore his ACL last year, so he'll come back. But we'll see next year. Uh, he's making a lot of money for one playoff appearance and a very, very poor playoff showing where he just looked lost up and down that field. So, again, I am... Worried about the Cardinals. I think they're a, they're a basement team of the NFL. I think they're going to have the number one draft pick next year. And that's where things get really interesting next year is if they have a chance to select Caleb Williams. There's been a couple of 2024 mock drafts I've read so far. And they have the Cardinals selecting Caleb Williams, quarterback of USC now. That makes it interesting with the Kyler Murray contract and uh, – and all that because can you trade that contract? What happens there, especially if it doesn't play this year? So there's a lot of questions there. And again, I don't th- I don't think Kyler's that guy. Other draft news: Lamar got more help. Lamar signed his big deal. They added Odell Beckham Jr. before that, and then first night of a draft, they went out and added Zay Flowers. So I'm tired of this notion of them not trying to get Lamar help. They've Signed wide receivers. They drafted Rashad Bateman. They have drafted wide receivers. It's not for a lack of trying. Uh, so I need to see Lamar go out there, improve us on the field. I need to him to go out and show that he's deserving of being the highest paid player per annual average in the NFL. And that's what I need. To, I need to see if he's like that because, again, I think there's – Eight quarterbacks in the NFL better than eight or nine. So this is where it gets interesting. Lamar gonna, is going to have to pay that contract off. He's going to have to pay these first-round picks off because it's up to him to get them the ball. He distributes it. Uh, it's going to be on him. So I think that's going to be very uh, interesting to see how this Raven situation plays out. But they've gotten Lamar more help. Don't want to hear this notion that they don't have weapons, don't have receivers. They have one of the best tight ends in Mark Andrews. They have capable wide receivers. Don't want to hear anybody make any more excuses. It gets to a point, and 
you can't make excuses for somebody anymore. Either show up and show out, or or you to go home. So again, now I need to see Lamar take that next step. Then my last draft uh, nugget there was the Bills get Dalton Kincaid. Uh, traded up to get him ahead of the Cowboys. I believe the Cowboys would have selected him. But I think this is a huge get. I thought he was the best tight end out of the draft. Uh, a lot of people reference the 16 for 16, 200 yards against USC. He's phenomenal. He's a great pass catching back, can block, uh, but he just excels in catching the football. And to me, he's got a higher ceiling, more skills than a Dawson Knox does. Uh, so I think this is a great weapon for him. Uh, Dawson Knox, I believe, can line up in a true tight end type of slot, and they can move Dalton Kincaid in the slot as well as just give Josh Allen another weapon, can give him a security blanket. So now you have Stephon Diggs, you've got Dawson Knox, you've got Dalton Kincaid. Hopefully Gabe Davis can show up for more than one of the two games. Uh, so I think this is a huge gift for the Bills. Uh, you know, I think the big move last year was them getting Von Miller. Uh, I believe that changes some things if he doesn't get hurt. If he comes back healthy, that's big in getting Josh Allen. This offense, more weapons as well. Uh, keep this team rolling. I like the trajectory of the Bills. A lot of people are pushing back on the Bills, saying they're going to regress, not be the same team. Uh, I still think the Bills are going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, because of Superman after quarterback Josh Allen and the way this team's constructed. I think it's still a very good roster. And, again, a big, big get for the Buffalo Bills trading up and getting Dalton Kincaid. Now let's move on to the NBA. Uh, in the NBA, uh, the Celtics took care of business. Now the Celtics were my pick to win the NBA Finals. Uh, had a couple bad games against the Hawks, but when they're really locked in of those games, they were winning, and even in close games and down the stretch, once they're locked in, uh, you know, the Marcus Smart defensively, Jason Tatum offensively, not turning the ball over, Jalen Brown being aggressive, Al Horford making threes from the wing, uh, Robert Williams of the low post. No one can beat them. I'm, and I know they lost a couple games, but no one can beat them in a seven-game series. It's just those too many, too many mental lapses, lapses with the team, that makes it to where, you know, people push off on them, getting much love. Uh, but I still think the Celtics are a team to beat. Uh, they psychologi- psychologically own the, uh, what's it called, the 76ers. So I think that gives them an advantage of this matchup uh, moving forward, but I think the Celtics are going to take care of business. I'll have more on that in just a minute. Another series was Warriors beat the Kings yesterday, Game 7. Uh, it really was a thrilling uh, series back and forth. Uh, again, I'm going to say this was the greatest first-round series of my lifetime. When I remember a lot of them are a lot of 4-1s, sometimes 4-2s. But this one seven-game series down to the wire, it was terrific. It was, again, great series. But yesterday proved who why the Warriors won because they had the best player on the floor. Steph Curry. Dropped 50 points yesterday. It was his playoff career high. 
and it was something that's never been done before, which was a 50-point Game 7. It, it was a masterpiece. It was a master class on uh, just Steph's ability and, you know, his evolution as a player of the last couple of years where he can carry a team early in his career. He, I don't I don't think he personally, I don't think he was capable of doing that. He had a lot of help with Clay and with Draymond and Andre Iguodala and obviously KD. But this iteration, especially what we saw last year and in this round, there's a lot of games where Clay Thompson is not good. Like yesterday, 4 for 19. Andrew Wiggins is not good. 5 of 16. Draymond Green has a quadruple single. Uh, Jordan Poole, again, doesn't get a lot of points off a of bench. 8, 3 for 9. And Steph Curry carries them. 20 for 38. Uh, 7 for 18 from 350 points. Added in 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Would have had more assists if people made their shots. But yesterday was just Steph Curry, vintage Steph Curry at his peak. Uh, it was it was just brilliant to watch. I mean, Steph Curry was fantastic. He's the reason why they won that game, won that series. Uh, hat off to them because uh, nervous going to sack count, but the experience showed and, and Steph Curry showed as well. Then the other series, Lakers beat the Grizzlies. Uh, that happened Friday night in L.A. Memphis won, or Lakers won by 40. Yeah, it, this is all just too good. I don't know if the NBA scriptwriters were in their bag with these. Uh, but, you know, Dylan Brooks saying after game one, he doesn't respect someone until, or after game two, he doesn't respect someone until they drop 40. On him, and then LeBron had with 22 points, 20 rebounds, 40 combination, and then the final game, the Lakers won by 40. It was it was poetic justice, is what it was. Uh, ended Memphis, and Memphis just talks too much. I love John Morant. I love I love watching him play since he came into the league. Uh, but this team, outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. and I think Stephen Adams, they talk a lot. Dylan Brooks. Again, is the leader of this group at talks. Uh, John Morant, uh, you know, maybe doesn't call people out like Dylan Brooks does, but John Morant talks an awful lot in Desmond Bain as well. So uh, sometimes you got to back up the talking. Uh, they talk about being a dynasty and being this great team. Well, this year, last year combined, they have one playoff series win, and I think since their inception, one playoff series win again, which was last year's first-round matchup. So they haven't had a ton of playoff success, but they keep on talking. Soon that act is going to wear thin. Uh, I don't love it. Uh, again, I'm, I get lower on the Grizzlies each day, each series they play. But the Lakers were great. Again, it proved having a veteran player like LeBron James, how helpful that is. Other veterans like AD. D'Angelo Russell really step up at defense of Vanderbilt. I mean, this team is playing like a team. The chemistry is there. Uh, and they just, they ended the Grizzlies. And, and it was really, really nice to see. Then yesterday, some more NBA games, round two, started. Heat won. Heat beat the Knicks. Uh, big win there, considering they were down. Uh in the first quarter, down a half, but big third quarter charge, and then they held off to win. 
even though Jimmy Butler got injured, and that's kind of a big story of this game of the series, is a Jimmy Butler injury. Uh, they say it's a rolled ankle. Uh, he's questionable to play tomorrow. So the decision is, hey, do we rest him tomorrow since we're up 1-0? And then the next game is Saturday, so that's kind of close to almost a full week off before he plays again down there at home. And I think that's a very valid question. Uh, I think if I was the Heat, I would sit him, considering I did sneak out of game one with a win. Uh, Nick's still playing without Julius Randle. Let me try to get him as healthy as possible down there in Miami. If, if worse, worse, it's Zeri's is 1-1. Uh, and then he plays healthier than he would have played tomorrow night and then again Saturday night. Uh, and then best case of scenarios. Gabe Benson keeps playing well. Duncan Robinson knocks down some shots. Bam steps up. Uh, other contributors step up, and somehow you go up 2-0. And then you come back to Miami with that 2-0 lead. That gets very interesting there as well. Uh, so, again, love to see it. We'll see what happens uh, with Miami Heat New York Knicks. But I do think this is going to be a good series. Jalen Brunson shouldered some of the blame for that loss. Uh, deservedly so, but I think this is going to be a great series. Then there's two games tonight, one game one, one game two. I'm going to start with the 76ers Celtics. Big storyline here is the health of Joel Embiid. I'm monitoring his status. Uh, listed is doubtful. Uh, some people talked about him wearing a knee brace. He's obviously, no matter if he's wearing a brace or not, He's not going to be close to 100%. And that's why Boston is nine and a half point favorites. Uh, Philly's also dealing with like a week of rest after uh, sweeping the Nets. So they did get some time off the 76ers, but now they face a team, like I said, who they've been owned by the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are eight and one against Joel Embiid in the playoffs. So, it's one sweep, one four one. Boston just gets up for this team. It shows in the regular season too. It took Joel Embiid like a fifty-two point masterpiece to beat Boston the one time out of a four in the regular season. I think that continues. I think Boston wins tonight. They've had a little bit of rest, but they're at home. This is a team historically they've owned recently. I'm riding with the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown in Game One, uh, but also. In this series, I picked that earlier, of course, because I picked the Celtics to win the finals. But I think, uh, but I think the Celtics get it done here. Then the other game two, or other round two, but this time game two matchup. That's the Suns Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets, I thought, were very impressive in their game one win over the Suns. Uh, Jamal Murray was magnificent. Carried the team thirty-four. Uh, points on 6 of 10 shooting uh, from 3. Uh, he was fantastic. Uh, 13 for 24. Jokic had 24 points. He came along uh, as well with Aaron Gordon. Behind Jamal Murray, they were great. Kevin Durant, 7 turnovers. Uh, him and Aiden were like a minus 20, minus 21. Uh, and to me, this was the biggest key to the series. Uh, was it Aiden or Booker? Because I know we're going to score points. I knew Booker wasn't going to score as many as he did the first-round series. But the thing was, Jokic being the best center in the league, uh, Aiden uh, having that matchup, as I was going to do, 
And to be honest, that first game didn't look good, was lazy on defense, and he's going to have to be better because it doesn't matter. If Booker and Durant combine for 65, 70 points, uh, if Aiden can't contain Jokic and him scoring and the pick and rolls and little uh, slip screens that they run, then it's going to be over and they're going to exploit this matchup. So DeAndre Aiden is going to be on him to step up and really lock down defensively. Uh, he's shown spurts that he can do that, but again, it's up on him to actually get it done. So that it's a tall task for him to do it. And we'll see at game two. It'll be better because you make some coaching adjustments uh, yesterday to try to prepare for this. Uh, a lot of people pick Suns to win the series. I picked Denver. I'm sticking with it. That game one was very encouraging. I'm actually picking Denver to win game two as well uh, because they play so good at home uh, up there with the altitude and mile high. Uh, I think Jamal Murray plays better at home. He feeds off from a crowd. He gets the crowd into it. Uh, and Jokic, you know, didn't have his best game of the season or playoffs as well a couple days ago. I think he has a better game uh, because I don't think Aaron Gordon will have as good as a game. So I think some things will sort of offset, but the outcome will be similar. And I think the Nuggets will win. Maybe the Suns make it closer, but I think Denver goes back to Phoenix up with a commanding 2-0 lead. Uh, and then we see from there because that game won't take place till uh, this Friday. So if the Nuggets can win, they'd be in a very good spot. I think the Nuggets will win tonight, but it'll be a much uh, much closer game. Uh, but we'll see. And then another stat I just want to point out uh, in regards to my NHL picks is, you know, it's just been a series of upsets. Boston, best team in the NHL, was upset. Colorado, defending champions, lost in the first round as well. Uh, again, it shows nothing is safe. Boston was up 3-1 in the series. Uh, Colorado was up in a lot of games. They left the crack and come back. So NHL playoffs have also been very interesting. Uh, their first-round matchups are done. We have a Rangers-Devils game tonight. I'll let you know I'm going rooting very hard for the Devils. I hope they can close them out. So we have NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs on tonight. This has been Get Your – this has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Bye, everybody.